Welcome to Plex Weather. Uh, we have a game to discuss, the last game of the fall series, the Washington Spirit coming off of a uh, yet another dramatic, this time a tie at Chicago. They're heading up to New Jersey to face Sky Blue FC to finish the fall series. Turned out that, that, that that's not the only, that's not the end of their games this year, as uh, as we'll get into in a minute here. But joining me on the show to talk about uh, that and a few other things, uh, it's the team captain, Andy Sullivan. Andy, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I don't want to necessarily let the listeners think that this is going to become a routine every single show, but... Last week, I talked to Dorian Bailey, and the first thing we talked about was her shoe selection. Um, this is kind of the the outcome of an article I wanted to write, but then COVID happened, and it seemed like maybe not the best year to write that article. But one of the other players I wanted to talk about, because I feel like her and you have gone through more different colors of shoes than anyone else on either team that I cover. So I was curious about that. Um You've cycled through. I, I off just off the top of my head, I feel like there was like a white and green, a white and gold, uh, a yellow. Obviously, yeah. your your nickname uh, relates back to that. Is that just is that just something that is for fun for you, or is it that you're going through shoes that quickly, or what what goes into that? Um, I am very lucky to be sponsored by Adidas, and mm. um, they you know, send me boots whenever they make, you know, a new color. And I always try to wear the newest color um, and have enjoyed that. Some some colors I like better than others, but mm-hmm. I um, I enjoy it. And I, I wear the Copas and I just find them like, so easy to break in that I don't, I don't mind changing the color so much because for me, it's pretty, it's pretty seamless. Um, but I think it's funny that you've noticed that because, I would normally like to think that I'm more like a subtle person, like cleat person, and that you can call out how many colors I wear is um, a little jarring for me. So uh, I, I'm, I'm also just a kind of a shoe nerd. So I've got my <laughs> my shoe collection. And so it, it's always a, a default for me is to think of, um, you know, who, I, even even down to like trying to have the best shoes in the press box is something that I've I've strived to. So that's my own little um, thing. I, I just I just want to I just want to look fresh. Uh, I feel like uh, that's that's all there is to it. Um, but yeah, it extends to it. Also, it, like I said um, on the last show, uh, it does help identify players uh, very quickly. If you, if you can't spot a number, if someone's turned, um, there is a functionality to it. But you know, it's mostly about uh, who has the coolest shoes? That's all I'm really. That's all I'm really concerned about. So, what is the what is the current uh, choice now that you're back in training? What are you What are you going with as far as the the color choice? Right now, I'm wearing like a royal blue with like silver kind of stripe. But mm-hmm. I was laughing when you brought up like the colors and like identifying players because that kind of jogged my memory. Um, my family is very supportive of me and my like grandmother who doesn't really know much about soccer will always ask you need to you know go back to like your yellow shoes so I can know like which one you are because also Mm -hmm. I like have brown hair and kind of a similar ponytail to a lot of players so um I think that you're not the only one who who finds the shoe color helpful yeah I I was um I was watching uh the uh Man City um Arsenal game earlier and mm-hmm. me and a couple of the of the other uh, journalists I know were were talking about the game, and we've kind of got a running joke about the fact that sometimes in a game there are, it there are, it'll feel like there are only two hairstyles in a given NWSL game. <laughs> um, and watching this game, uh, there was a stretch of time where it felt like there was only one hairstyle uh, on the field <laughs> for both teams. Um, and so I was like, see, it's a uh, you know the the English, the English uh, game, they've taken it even further. Um, so yeah, the, the shoe style thing, it's, it is something I, I picked up on as a little trick, but usually if I'm being perfectly honest, um, I really just, uh, I want to know who's wearing what I want to know. Uh, I, I want to stay fashionable in some way as I get later in my thirties, I'm going to eventually have to give up on that goal entirely. But, um, (laughs) 
it's it's good to know that that going through cycling through the the different colors is still it's still cool i i i feel like uh i'm also trying to live vicariously from my youth when uh, i you know you got <laughs> one pair and that was make them last until they fall apart um yeah I will say uh Dorian mentioned that her her pick was all about um she it's a very specific fit that she wanted and it's also that the shoes are leather and I know you mentioned the the Copa model that you wear is also uh a leather shoe is that super important to you or is it less important now it used to be like synthetic oh no but you know it's become more and more like people don't really most people seem to not care I don't know if you have a strong feeling on that I definitely prefer the leather. Um, for mm. me, that's why I picked the Copas. Before the Copas kind of came back, I was wearing the Predator, which is more mm -hmm. synthetic. Um, and I, I really like that too. I, I, I like to think I'm not too picky. Um, for me, I kind of like being flexible because I, I just feel like you never know what's going to happen. I never want to get too attached to something so that if I weren't to have that thing, that it would like get in my head and then I would think I wasn't going to play well. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I get that. Yeah. I can, <laughs> I can definitely see that. Um, I, I remember playing an indoor game and I left my shin guards at home and I had to buy like a $10 pair of shin guards at the arena and the entire, the entire game I was thinking about it. Um, <laughs> j j and it, it wasn't even a big difference, but it was definitely like completely like, oh, I, I don't feel right. This is no good. Yeah. Um, so uh, speaking of, you're back in training. Uh, been back for how long have you been back? I actually don't know the precise uh, amount of time. Um, I came back um, to this. I went and rehabbed out in Sacramento, um, mm -hmm. where my my husband is, and um, I came back the week leading up to our first fall series game. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, I had done like no very very little actual soccer training. It was more you know strength and um you know mobility type of stuff so since being back it's been a very gradual you know progression so i'm only just starting to you know get into team training now and even then it, it's not fully to be honest so mm. um hopefully in the next week or two we'll kind of progress. uh but I, i'm feeling really good and i feel like um you know Michael Minthorn and you know Aaron McFarlane, our our staff members, have been mainly in charge of my recovery, and they've been awesome. So, um, and you know Richie's ready for me to play and pestering them. So it's it's good all the way around to mm -hmm. uh, to have you know people supporting me to get me back on the field. Uh, you you mentioned you know that after the injury, you left uh, the bubble in Utah you went out to California for a while. Um, was it helpful between both dealing with an injury and also just the intensity of that bubble experience to be able to get out of it and also not just go, go home and sit by yourself? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I was, I was sad to leave the bubble and leave my team, especially when, you know, we had more games to play. Um, but it was, you know, definitely the right choice for me and right choice for the team in the long haul. Um, I actually came back to DC and got my, my surgery done here. Um, and then went to, you know, California and, um, I mean, it's, it's been a tough year for, you know, our team and just everyone not being able to see family and friends very much. Um, and so for me, it was really nice just to, to be with my, my husband for an extended period of time, especially mm -hmm. going through the, you know, the downs of an injury. Um, having that so it was it was really um really helpful i think really, and and i think that plays into the physical piece as well so um it's hard to be apart from him so it was in a way i tried to say like oh that's you know a plus of the injuries like i right. get to spend time with my husband you know you have to find the positives so mm. um yeah it was definitely it was definitely helpful i i know this wasn't your first time dealing with a knee injury that required some sort of surgery and some sort of really significant rehab. Um, mm -hmm. Was this, how does this, this, the process with this one, um, how is this different from your past with the, the ACL tear while you were still uh, at Stanford? Yeah, I, I'm glad that I had the ACL first and this second, because I mm. feel like the ACL was so difficult. Um, 
you know, and this presents its challenges as well. But for me, like after going through the ACL rehab that, you know, this rehab in this timeline seems a lot more manageable. Um, and even just like the, the dealing with surgery, I had never had any type of surgery before. Um, I did my ACL in college and just knowing kind of what that experience is going to be like Mm. the second time around is really helpful. Um, and, you know, especially because this time, you know, you couldn't have any like family with you mm. inside the hospital, which is, um, you know, because everyone's taking, you know, good precautions and everything. So um, I think it's been I actually yeah, I think it's been great to have the experience, the ACLs that makes it seem like this one is is not so big of a deal, but it also is just a good they both brought me back to a reminder of like how important the little things are and the details are and um to be grateful every time that you can you know even walk um so i i there's definitely been some overlap but this the second time around has been been easier one because of the past experience and two because it's it's not so bad i know yeah i i try and learn i i have no medical training um <laughs> i try and learn as much as i can about the injuries that happen in soccer because it mm-hmm. helps me to be able to discuss things to, to cover the team correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And so one thing I've heard quite a few times um, with knee injuries like, like this one um, is that you get, you start to get pretty close to being 100%, but it's kind of a deceptive thing where getting that last, you know, that last little bit is kind of, it, it sounds to me from the outside, like it's a, uh, it's it's that's the hardest part is getting that that last little bit at the end um is that is that accurate or is is this the kind of thing where it's sort of a smooth progression no i definitely think that's accurate i remember you know when i came back from my acl in in college um and the first time i got to play a game and like you think that once you get there like oh i've you know i've i've made it back i've made my recovery i'm cleared to play but in reality, like that's almost, you just got to the bottom, you know what I mean? You got to the bare mm-hmm. minimum and there's a whole other battle to now like get your quality of play to better than before. Um, so I do think, yeah, you, it's so tricky, right? Because you want to push yourself, but you don't want to push yourself so hard that you, you know, you know, get re-injured or injure something else. And um, that's why I'm thankful that this, this time there's not, been too you know too badly of a rush besides me just wanting to play mm-hmm. um because you know I, I watch training sometimes and I'm thinking like oh I feel good enough like I can totally I could have totally done that session and then I'll watch another part of the session and I'm like oh I'm I'm not I'm not ready <laughs> for that and I think that um I think when you're ready you you kind of know um and I but I also think there's it's such a complicated thing. And I do think the last piece is the hardest. And mm. I also think, you know, it's, there's a lot of physical preparation involved, but it's also the mental piece at the end to just feel confident in your, in your body again. Uh, we spoke, uh, the media got to speak to uh, Richie only like four hours ago. Um, and he, <laughs> he said that uh, if, if this were this weekend were maybe a must win game that, maybe maybe they would be considering putting you in uh, but uh, but that this weekend isn't going to be uh your return to play he he did mm-hmm. mention that um that the team has scheduled these two um closed door games in the coming weeks um how i, I mean obviously you don't want to push or, or put too fine of a point on it and say i'm definitely coming back for this game or that game but um how close do you feel like you are with relation to those games and and just a general feel of like how important it is. It is it to you to, to get a game in before everyone sort of has to go back to not playing because all of a sudden it's October and the season's over. Yeah. That's definitely in the back of my head because um, I think the longer you're out from an injury, the harder it is, you know, to, to find games and we're entering the off season soon, which is um, so I, I would really like to play a game mm-hmm. or, you know, any sort of 11 v 11. Um yeah, I I have a a hope in the back of my mind that I'll at least get a few minutes in, you know, one or two of these games, but I also know that um you know, there's going to be 
a full on debate <laughs> and maybe a fight to see, you know, <laughs> if that happens and, and if so, for how long. And, um, you know, I, I, as much as I like complain about it and give people a hard time, it's, it's definitely the best, um, to have people looking out for you and, you know, you vouching for yourself, but also, you know, trusting other people's opinions, um, who, who, like you said, like, I also don't know the medical, like me only just through my own, own experiences. So mm -hmm. there's definitely people who know more than I do, um, who are in charge, which is a good thing. So, um, I'm just trying to take it day by day at this point. Um, because otherwise I, I get a little frustrated and, and overwhelmed. So I, you know, am trying to just do the little things that will get me back as soon as possible. So I, I guess this kind of, the injury kind of plays into a different um, aspect of this season. Um, as a, as a team captain, uh, you have that obvious leadership role. Um, how have you dealt with the fact that um, with an injury, with spending some time away from the team and then coming back, um, it, it kind of changes that dynamic. I feel like if you're uh, used to being in the thick of it, being in the able to do every single exercise at training, being able to play in the games, um, you know, there's ways to lead the team in those moments. But now um, coming back from this, it, it it kind of throws you a curveball as a team leader. How have you dealt with that aspect of things? Yeah, that's definitely not been easy. Um, like you said, I kind of like to be in the thick of it and, um, you know, leading in that way. And so it's definitely been a challenge for me. Um, coming back, I feel like I've, I just was trying to be a positive force, um, you know, cheering people on when they did something really well. Um, and, you know, the first week or so I was back, I was, you know, checking in with players a lot, asking, you know, how things were going and um, how they were feeling and what were they seeing? Because, you know, I came in and I feel like, oh, you know, this is what I see. This is what I think, but I haven't been around and kind of gauging what other players felt and asking them, how can I help you even from my position, like from, you know, pretty much. So, um, in a way it's a, it's just a good way to remind you to check in with your teammates and always just, you know, ask, well, what can I do and what can I do for the group? Um, and, you know, lately I've been more involved in training. It's been a lot of like, just talking about people or talking people I see and how to improve. Think about without necessarily being a part of it. Uh, well, I, I want to. I guess I want to share a small uh, anecdote from covering the the game at the second game specifically at Segra, um, because I know, you know, you weren't you weren't in that game, and and that's its own challenge to not be to be able to be involved. Um, and during the first game at Segra, uh, there was no threat of rain, so I covered it from the seats. Uh, it's a better perspective, and I got. First of all, I got completely sunburned because I forgot to cover one arm. Um, but <laughs> I, I got heard... really sunburned oh, that day too. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought I was in <laughs> in fine shape, and then around the seventy fifth minute, I started feeling a little bit of a burn on my right arm. And then by the time the game was yeah. over, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be bad." Um, so that's, I guess, that's just good advice for everyone. Uh, uh, definitely, don't skimp on the. Yeah, sunblock, I'm normally but... a really good. Mm -hmm. I'm normally a really, really good sunscreen person, and I, I also had not really seen the sun since I knew it, but I like didn't want to go and sit in the shade because then I, like you said, I wouldn't have been able to see as well. So I, I knew it was going to be bad, like you said, around the second yeah. half. It was, it was going to be bad. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's all right. Um, but I, I was far enough away in that first game where I would hear. Uh, shouting from the players that weren't in uniform, I, I could hear shouting. And, and I looked over at one point and the loudest voice at the time when I looked over, it looked like it was Jordan DiBiase yelling. And I was like, wow, I, I without fans here, that's something that you don't necessarily pick up on um, is who's actually the loudest. Yeah, other than Aubrey usually cuts through. Um, 
most mm-hmm. games. Um, but in the second game, there was a threat of rain, so I moved back behind the one goal, and it, that happened to be closer to um, where the rest of you that weren't in uniform were sitting. And having moved, you know, item one uh, was that I figured out that that voice was your voice um, that I had heard from from before. That was you. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I, now, now I'm clear on that. Um, but you know, j- just the, the trying to help even, you know, advise people during the game, uh, from the stands, which is a, a different experience. I imagine, um, trying, trying to help the group in what way you can, even if that is from the stands. And, uh, the, the other, the other aspect of it was, uh, that, that I think people are going to probably enjoy, uh, is that. When Jesse Scarpa scored the the equalizer, uh, my computer was set up on a little table behind the one goal. And uh, during the celebrations uh, from from those of you that that were behind the goal as well, uh, you guys were actually like shaking the table I was sitting on. I had to like stabilize my computer and stop typing for a second. And I was like, what's happening? I looked over. I was like, ah, I, I, I get it now. Um, how, how was that experience having to sort of watch the game as just a fan in the stands essentially i one a little embarrassed um and a good <laughs> reminder that you never know who's looking at you or hearing you um but uh i mean it's it's definitely tough like you said to not be on the field playing in the game or on the bench um and it's just it's just also a unique experience that we don't really um like vibe sounds kind of weird but i mean we get so much energy from the fans whether they're with us or against us there's definitely a mood to the game that the fans add to the table um and so i think in a way you know the players who are not in uniform we try to like create that whole atmosphere just by a couple of us um and also you know it it makes it fun for us to really stay engaged in the game it's really it's difficult though when you it's been i think very tory because we're normally the ones who are communicating information and it's it's hard to communicate um from stands and like in reality we probably shouldn't really be doing that anyway um and you want it to be concise, but you and you also want the players to see, you know, it should not necessarily what's going on in the stands. So it's just definitely been a learning experience for us all. Um, I do enjoy getting loud. I think it's funny. I think of the second game that you said that that I I don't know what I was saying, but I said I screamed, and I when I get really loud, I even like more high pitched. I think, and someone I scream something. And someone was like, who was that? And they were like, I think it was Andy. And I was like, yeah, that was kind of, you know, changing my, my voice a little bit, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, this is technically round three of the show. I know it's going to come through <laughs> to you as a listener as this is just a, a different section of the same show, but what's actually happened is that we've had a, a cell phone tower uh, get in the way of the show and then some internet connection issues getting in the way of the show, but we're going to give it another shot. So the interview continues. Uh, it's still, it's still Andy Sullivan. I haven't changed guests uh, on you at least. Um, so Andy, the last time we were speaking, it was before the sky blue game, but uh I'm told that there was a, uh, and I'm quoting Mason uh, on this one, a dinner disaster. Um, can you oh explain? Gosh. Can you explain what went on on the um, trip up to New Jersey? I don't know if like I don't know who knows about this from the Spirit organization, but mm-hmm. um, so I might be causing problems, but that's okay. Um, we went to New Jersey last week. We you know took the bus up as a team and. Um, we were supposed to eat right when we got there. Um, and, uh, when we got there, the food didn't come and it wasn't coming. So we were kind of, um, you know, we all got to order what we wanted for dinner as individuals, which was Mm. nice. Um, but a little bit delayed after a long bus trip, um, 
And some people's food took a really long time. So I didn't eat until later than expected. And it was a little bit of a scramble, but um, kind of nice the night before a game on the road to get to get to order what you want. So um, worked out, worked out okay. Just a little behind schedule. And and, and I understand there was also like a major traffic jam on top of that. Yeah, I was really surprised at how many people, I mean, how many people were on the road. Um, Mm. But Friday afternoon on 95 still rains uh, trafficy. Yeah. Uh, what a, th- this this did get me thinking. Um, the the differences between, you know, a road game in 2020 involves, or at least to my mind, it might involve some different things from a normal trip up to face Sky Blue. Obviously, it's a different venue for one, mm-hmm. but... Um, uh, are there any other major differences right now, or or does this is this one thing that is kind of resembling normalcy? Yeah, that's funny. Um, you know, we're on the road again. We're playing, you know, North Carolina in an exhibition game, and Aubrey um, is my roommate, and she joked, you know, before we got on the bus today, like, oh, this actually feels like a normal season. You know, back to back weekends on the mm-hmm. road and taking the bus. Um, I think that the, what feels different a little bit is like the quicks the trips are a little bit quicker so you you know like get there later and leave earlier um so in a way that but other than that things kind of feel similar um you know these last two weeks i guess you would say for us mm. um but yeah lots of change you know we played at segro which we hadn't done before and um you know we played sky blue at a different place um so that was all all interesting but it's kind of nice to have somewhat normal game days i guess mm-hmm. uh are these uh are these trips you know now at the end of the year um you know like like you're saying that that there's maybe something a little closer to normal um do you feel like the team is maybe getting into i i know it's kind of a tough time to get into any kind of rhythm when the season's about to end um <laughs> But but is there is there a feeling like I, I know this past this past game it sounded like the the feeling within the group was that this was a better performance than some of the other fall series matches. Um, I guess maybe what I'm getting at is just your overall thoughts on where the team is right now. Now that the fall series technically for the series is over, and and these are just games that that the team is adding on that are outside the fall series. Yeah, I definitely agree with the the attitude that that Sky Blue game was, a, you know, definitely our best fall series performance um, and probably one of our best for the year, you know, minus that we could have put a little, put a couple more in the back of the net. But um, I do, it is funny, like, yeah, we're starting to kind of, you know, play how we want and then we're, you know, going to go home, which is kind of a bummer. But I mean, I think that, we're still taking, you know, we took the fall series games this way and, you know, are going to play um, this exhibition tomorrow and still are just looking to continue to take steps forward so that when we do come back in 2021, that we're, you know, better, better off. Um, but yeah, I, it is kind of this, I mean, that's the theme of 2020, right? Like, you know, try and figure something out and uh, a wrench gets thrown in, in your plans. So um, I do think that, it's it's kind of a bummer that we're not continuing to to add to this rhythm, but um, I'm still proud of it, you know, nonetheless. Uh, you know, looking back on that game, um, you know, one one thing that kind of stood out to me was not just that um, Kumi Yokoyama got her first goal, but the sort of the nature of that celebration uh, <laughs> on on the field was, you know. Um, it's a, maybe a little different from, and, and not in a disrespectful way, but like if somebody else had scored, if, if it's Ashley Hatch scoring a goal, for example, she's mm-hmm. scored a bunch of goals in the league. Um, mm-hmm. For for someone coming over um, from another country who, uh, you know, is playing in the league for the first time, who is the only Japanese player on the team, um, I know she's been posting on social media in English to some degree, but I also know, you know, it's not necessarily her. Um, it's not like she's exactly fluent at this point. I mean, she's certainly better at, um, at, at 
doing anything communicating in english than i would be in japanese so i can't um <laughs> criticize but um what goes what goes into that it seemed like it was a special moment not just for her but for the entire group yeah i think um kumi is definitely a team favorite mm -hmm. <laughs> um in terms of personality which is is hard um like you said given the language barrier um but I think also it's exciting, like you said, she's a, you know, a newcomer to the league. And I think from her first Challenge Cup game, like you could tell she was really, really nervous. Mm -hmm. um, and how she grew throughout the Challenge Cup. Um, and then to see her finally score was just a really awesome moment. And she was so excited. And like, she's just, yeah, she's just a funny personality. Um, her English... Her English is better than she lets on. Um, mm. So we we enjoy like trying to like figure things out with her and um, communicate with her. But, you know, ultimately we love playing with her. So um, but you're right. Maybe we should start celebrating everybody's goals like that. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I guess at a certain point uh, you might run into the difficulty of uh, I know um, Sam ended up uh, Sam Southern <laughs> lifting her. Um, yes. That that might get it a little difficult when players who aren't quite as small as she is uh, <laughs> score goals. Um, you know that's true, but I I I think Sam can do it. Yeah. <laughs> it it I guess the, it's the, it's inevitable that this has become you know with 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 Sam on the team and certainly with with the Paige Nielsen as well that at some point there's going to be a lifting competition. <laughs> um, at, I guess we we've been it's all been headed towards this. Yeah. Um how how does a a group cuz I I know growing up, you know, I had a couple teammates um who came from another country and and um you try your best to incorporate them but you know some of it is it can be kind of difficult for them to feel truly part of the group. Mm -hmm. Um how how do you, uh, as, as a team, as a, as a leader on the team, how do you manage to try and um, make sure that someone in her shoes uh, really feels included? That's a really good question. Um, I think that, well, like, one, Kumi is also so willing to, like, learn. And, she, you know, at first she was more shy, and she still sometimes is jokingly shy. Mm -hmm. um, but we kind of... I feel like we kind of like joke with her so much that she has to like somehow be comfortable with it. Like we almost make her uncomfortable so that she's more comfortable talking with us mm -hmm. um, and just kind of constantly asking her how she's doing and, um, you know, asking her questions in English and then like trying to break things down if like it's, you know, we're not connecting. And it's, it's actually been like interesting to, you know, for us, because sometimes I remember when we we're first in Florida for preseason. I remember having a conversation with Kumi and Tori and mm -hmm. we were asking her questions, I think just, uh, you know, about Japan and um, her other playing experiences and, you know, sh how sh she would explain things in her English. And sometimes like I wouldn't understand what she was saying, but then Tori would understand. So I feel, for me, like I was kind of geeking out over how language works um, mm. and how we like process it differently. So in, in same, likewise, like we couldn't, if I couldn't explain something to her, Tori could rephrase it with different words so that she could understand it. So it's, it's been kind of fun for everyone to, to think about the words that they're using and, you know, change them up um, so that there is clear communication. But um, so I think that's been, that's been really fun for everybody, but she's, she's just a good time, good sport. So she's um, easy, but you know, all the girls on the team really like her and um, put an effort to make sure that, you know, she feels as included as everyone else on the team. Uh, looking at, and we, you know, as a spoiler, we, there are a couple of questions I'm going to ask you tonight that we already discussed once before, but the, <laughs> the audio that would have come out would have been pretty difficult um, uh, for people to even uh, gather what you were trying to say. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you've touched on uh, what the team can take away from the fall series already. Um, but, uh, I guess I'm curious because, uh, the last we heard from, um, Richie before the end of the fall series was that these exhibition games that the team has added, um, are most likely going to be, uh, your 
first action since uh, you had your knee injury. Um, how are how are you doing? How do you feel going into these games? I, I don't know if you're even. Uh, I don't know how much secrecy is involved in whether you're going to play or not. But uh, you know, if, if you can, if you're allowed, if if Richie isn't gonna uh, track me down for asking. Uh, no, if anything, what's... I'd have to track Richie down. He's such a gossip. Oh, okay. You can't tell him anything. Um, um, yeah, no, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't, again, I don't know if this is in the first half of the recording or not, but, um, I left the bubble in Utah, um, after a game against Houston and I went back to DC and, and got surgery with our team surgeon, um, really quickly, um, which went really, really well. And then I rehabbed in Sacramento for about a month. Um, and then I came back when I was ready to start kind of transitioning to on the field stuff. Um, and it's been really awesome. My, you know, knee feels good. I think that, um, you know, things work out and things have timing for a reason. So I'm glad that, um, you know, things kind of got fixed up and I feel good. And I, I think also, you know, thinking if this would have happened in the middle of the season and we would have been, you know, maybe entering like playoffs around this point, I think I would be a lot more like nervous to play, you know, like, am I ready? Am I fit? Am I, you know, is, is me playing the best choice for the team type of thoughts, but um, it's nice to have these exhibition games that, you know, they're important and we want to improve, but for me, there's a little less um, pressure. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's nice to, kind of hopefully get my feet wet a little bit this weekend, maybe some more next weekend. Um, and, you know, especially because then you go, go away for off season and it's really hard to find, you know, game opportunities or even playing opportunities. And especially now with, you know, the virus. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm glad the timings worked out pretty well and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes tomorrow, you know, <laughs> just mm-hmm. uh, do my best. Uh yeah, you know, I, I I think this part I know isn't on the first half. I, I probably should have listened to it right before we got on, and I, that's my own fault. I I had to listen to it to make sure that I wasn't we weren't going to have to do the whole thing over. Yeah. Um, but I did it when we first recorded, which is a few days ago. Um, what is what has the experience been like? Uh, watching these fall series games as kind of in the role of a fan, you know that you know the norm is that. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to play in a game, you know, I know the players set up at the Plex, they set up in one spot and maybe at Audi Field, there's, I assume that there's like a player's box. Um, Mm -hmm. But this has been kind of different because you're just, you're one of the only fans in the building um, for for these games. Um, How has that been? Because I know, you know, normally as a player, you don't really get that fan experience. So you don't get a chance to do that. Yeah, it's super weird. (laughs) Um because you know if you're if you're on the bench or you're on the field you're like really vocal you're um especially vocal with information whereas mm-hmm. like i feel like if you're in the stands you should be more vocal with like positivity and energy um and it's been really weird to transition away from like the informative stuff or the mm-hmm. analytical stuff to just kind of supportive not that i'm not supportive normally but um you know, we really miss having fans and miss having that energy. So it's kind of been, it's been nice that, you know, we're not, there's usually a cluster of us um, Mm. and we're, you know, kind of chatting and getting excited together, but uh, it's, uh, it's tough to make up the energy of, you know, a couple thousand people with, you know, a couple uh, spirit players. But um, when we're in New Jersey this weekend, the squadron actually came up and watched Mm. us from a parking garage. So that was pretty cool. And they had a, they had a megaphone going. So um, that helped us out a little bit, but yeah, we, we definitely miss having fans. There's just like so much, they give us such a boost. Um, So yeah, it's, I think it'd be interesting to then try the fan experience with a bunch of actual fans. You know, (laughs) I feel like that would be uh, fun, but maybe someday. Yeah, there, there's um, there's a little piece of uh, DC soccer history um, going back to I think it was 2004. A uh, player for DC United got suspended, and they were playing up in New Jersey. And he drove up uh, on his own, uh, unannounced. Was like, let's go, let's go to a game, and just showed up. Uh, and among the DC supporters, he's like, hey, can I hang out? Um, 
not that you should get suspended. Um, I would. <laughs> That's pretty I feel cool. Like, uh, I feel like uh, this was Christian Gomez. Nice. Um, just his first year in in the league, and he was like, "I guess I, I guess I can just go to a game. There's nothing stopping me." <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do, I do want to add that that you did, um, you did get to celebrate a goal at, at Segra. Um, that uh, I, I think I. I <laughs> I mentioned this last time, but uh, for our listeners, it's going to be a first. The uh, the Jesse Scarpa game winner against Chicago. I was I I had to cover the game from behind that goal uh, because there was a threat of rain. The whole the whole game was possibly going to rain, and I've got my computer out, and I was, there was a spot for us to sit up in the stands, but it was very far from cover, and I didn't want to have to you know fold up my laptop and run for it, so. I got really close to that, which meant standing behind the goal. And so it happened to be kind of close to where the, where the players that weren't in uniform uh, were watching the game from. And so when she scored uh, all this, the stand, my computer was sitting on began shaking. And I was like, well, what's happening here? And I look over and it's um, it's you and, and the rest of the team celebrating a game winner. Like, this is, I feel like this is a one, once a one-off experience for me covering a game. I don't think, <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, have you're that not happen. usually in in the celebration. You're not usually right, right there in it. What do um, you think? Uh, I, I I thought it was very much just like watching a game as a fan. So that it was kind of cool that there's no like, there's no real difference there. It's still the same level of uh, enthusiasm and sort mm-hmm. of you know, you kind of have that moment of abandon. I mean, it's a stoppage time <laughs> game winner. It's it's cool. Um, yeah. And so. Um, yeah, it wasn't a thing where I was like, oh, no, my perfect sentence has been ruined. I can't, <laughs> you know, finish typing here. Um, it was it was cool. It was funny. Um, yeah, but, we try uh, to keep it interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I guess uh, in the future, I don't know. I, I, I guess you won't have the parking, the parking structure thing. The the Sierra Squadron coming up for that is is maybe like a. <laughs> A once another uh, one-off because you know your future games up there are not going to be at uh, Montclair State. They're going to be at Red Bull Arena, and right. I know from I know from going up there that you can't. There's no parking structure that looks into the building. You're just <laughs> you're you're locked in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess uh, let me look at my questions here. Um, one one question I do want to ask before um, taking an abrupt pivot that's maybe a little more on a, on the serious side of things um who gets to control the the music in the locker room uh post game at this point who who has the playlist that you guys are the biggest fans of right now scarpa is our permanent dj okay um she does pre-practice she does post-practice sometimes in the gym on the bus in the locker room she does it all uh, how did how did she earn this uh, this job title? I don't really know um, <laughs> how that happened. I think well, she like loves listening to music all the time. So I feel mm. like she would just bring her. I mean, even in Florida, um, like walking around, she would always just be like have her speaker and be like, "Is it okay if I turn music on?" So I feel like she kind of just wanted some music so she stepped into it and no one you know no one's gonna fight her she's good at taking requests Mm -hmm. um she's got a diverse set of vibes so um she gets yeah gets gets it all everyone's happy i think that that's that's probably pretty important just to be able to actually not just take requests but actually like meet the request by having enough music to Mm -hmm. to follow through yeah um that's probably a big help um (laughs) All right, so this is this is the abrupt segue. I don't do uh, very good uh, uh, casual segues. I'm not good at it. Um, but I, I mean, this is 2020 has been such a challenging year with um, COVID, with um, playing playing in the bubble, and then playing these fall series games that have been sort of normal but sort of different. Um, and obviously, a lot of this has taken a, taken place during this backdrop. Um, where there's a push within the team and and around the league to support the Black Lives Matter movement and support social justice, um, and I, and as a team captain, as a leader, um, that might 
fall on you and and and, and Tori and Aubrey as well as as uh, the other team leaders. Um, it might fall on you a little more than the other players on the team. So I, I'm curious how how have you dealt with that aspect of of the job? Yeah, um, it has been extremely difficult, but um, I'm very like I'm very grateful because that means you know like I'm growing and so are my teammates that we're having really important conversations um because I think that's you know a key to change um which is desperately needed um so yeah I think just kind of you know not to make a weird parallel to soccer but I just think that you know part of us being you know good players is realizing when we make mistakes and owning up to those mistakes and working hard to improve them and I feel like that's kind of the approach that I've taken to my leadership in these topics just because um I'm it's not something that I've been it's not something I've done before you know like leading conversations um about you know racial injustice and mm. it was <laughs> it's tough and I I learned a lot um I'm extremely grateful for the conversations that I had, especially with like individuals on the team, um, particularly our, you know, our black players in Utah, which were, you know, Tegan and, and Kaya. Um, but it's also, you know, difficult because you don't want to exhaust them or make it their responsibility to educate you. So they always handled all those moments with such grace and, um, are incredible resources um and just incredible people and teammates and um sorry i'm making this a very long-winded answer it's very it's very complicated mm-hmm. um issue and it's hard to you know talk about everything that we talked about but we are kind of having discussions as a team every single day um as a group and you know checking in with individuals and in small groups along the way and um yeah, it's it's definitely not been easy, and but I think it's been it's been extremely important, and that you know this group is definitely motivated to to continue this work always. So um, yeah, we have a lot more to do, but yeah, I wish I had a better answer to that question. It's obviously, like I said, very mm. complicated. Yeah, I mean, I mean the. Give it, I think I feel like it's a good sign that it's not a short answer because mm-hmm. I feel like the these issues are complicated and also very wide reaching and so um it is the kind of thing that takes you know it's not just a thing where you're like well we talked about it once and and then it was solved um, right it, it's uh it's going to be a thing for quite a long time it should have been a thing before now um mm-hmm. for, for all of us not just this isn't just a Washington spirit only issue. This is a full, you know, every aspect of society. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I know it had to be uh, quite a grind to have that on, on your plate on top of the, you know, going to the bubble, trying to uh, stay safe from COVID, trying to play so many games in a row. Um, all of those things are individually challenging. So, um, I, I am curious coming out of that, you know, getting that, that month break, um, how do you feel like, uh, you sort of, you know, getting a perspective on it with that one month break, um, and then reconvening, did, did that change anything on, on any of these fronts? Cause I, like I said, there's so many, so many different, very serious topics all at once. Um, mm-hmm. did, did that, did that time away, did that help, uh, change any perspectives or or maybe just evolve uh, some ideas? Yeah. um, I think for me personally, like, you know, trying to, you know, educate myself a little bit more on the time away um, and something that I'm still trying, you know, continuing to do um, so that, you know, I can bring those, things that I learned back to the team and back to like my sphere of influence, um, you know, no matter how big or small that, that may be. Um, and I think 
for it's it's been it's been tough because I think we really as players we really enjoy interacting with the community and I feel like that's where we feel like we make the most difference but it's been extremely difficult to find those opportunities in the time of covid um so I think you know you, we've we've done you know what we can a little bit of stuff with dc scores just helping them um prepare for you know remote learning and rote soccer pretty much um to just feel a little bit more connected to the community but at the same time you know it's it's weird it's not like again like you said it's not like oh we did this one volunteer activity or we're oh we're affiliated this one organization like check off the list it's like no Mm. there's so much to be done so i think that for us our players were you know we're looking for opportunities to get involved and opportunities to learn and sharing those with each other and sharing those with our organization and it's still in this you know like weird phase where we we want to take action, but we haven't quite figured out how much, like what, you know, and take more dramatic action. I'm really stumbling on this answer, but I'm trying. So that's good. Um, yeah, but I, uh, again, I don't think, like you said, it's something we should have been talking about a long time ago and that we'll need to continue to talk about. So I think for us, just making sure that we've created that safe space within our, within our team, within our organization. And so that then we can confidently, you know, affect change outside of our organization as well. Mm. I think that makes sense. And, and, you know, these are tricky things to answer because, you know, it it evolves and uh, having it cut and dried, I feel like it probably means that the thought isn't really there. So, you know, the the stumbling over an answer, I think, is is very normal. I, I know you know, I've had conversations where I'm wondering, you know, is what I said actually what I wanted to say? Because it is right. it is very tough to wrap it up and put it into words because there yeah. is so much connecting to it. Yeah. Um, well, I thank you for the opportunity to practice it because I think that's <laughs> like, like I yeah. said, part of the um, part of how you get better at something, right? Like putting yourself out there and sure. um, being receptive to, you know, feedback and criticism and getting better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess um, we are, you know, the, the first half of the show took place before this happened, but the, the latest uh, set of national team call-ups came out this week. Um, and I know there was a mindset of, in speaking to Richie in, during the fall series that um they wanted to make sure that you had these games before that camp started. Um, did you hear uh, from Flatco about your current status guy? I know it's tough to go to a camp when <laughs> you're still trying to come back from an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, Richie, he's just, I'm going to hunt him down. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've, I've spoken to Vlatko, um, but you know, we're, we're super excited for, you know, Aubrey and Hash mm-hmm. and Sanchez to get in there um, and they're going to do great. And, um, you know, a lot of other really exciting call-ups, some really exciting Stanford call-ups um, <laughs> that I'm pumped about. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was hoping to be ready to go for that time period, but I think that, um, you know, you, you can't go into camp uh unprepared and mm-hmm. i think that i need more time to you know be pre- prepared for that level you know and even when you're prepared for that level it's still difficult so um for me i'm just still focusing on every day trying to get better and fitter and healthier and stronger and everything and just so that um you know when my opportunity comes you know again that i'm i'm prepared mm-hmm. uh, i I was going to ask after we finished, but you 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 brought up the Stanford call ups, and there's been a lot of talk about um, Katerina Macario. Um, maybe some as people there that, should be. Uh, I I don't know how many people have seen the highlight reels if if they weren't watching um, college games or or maybe they don't get. Um, I know I I can't see Stanford. I don't have the um, 
TV package or anything. So mm -hmm. I have to wait until the tournament. Um, in a normal year this year, obviously things are um, even more confusing uh, than normal. But um, you played with her uh, your senior year, if I'm if I'm correct, is that right? Yep. So when she walks in, um, or when when the team, you know, the coaching staff brings in the new players, um, did did you have an inkling as to what? what she was going to be able to do on the ball or was this sort of in like an eye-opening thing the first time you're training with her um i have a funny cat story mm -hmm. um from her official visit so like she came um i think it was like the winner of my junior year so i had i had torn my acl at this point i was recovering mm -hmm. and um you know as a team we got together to you know meet the the new class coming in and um as we said bye, you know, she had done her ACL when she was in high school. So she, you know, could connect with me over that. And as we, as I kind of said goodbye to her for the night, she was like, she's like, next year, we're going to win. We're going to win the national championship. And I was kind of like, okay, girl, like <laughs> <laughs> slow your roll. Like, I mean, I had been there for three years and we hadn't won. And um, I was kind of thinking like, who, who does this girl think she is? Like, it's not easy <laughs> to win a national championship. Um, and, uh, so I, I told her, I said, you know, you come and fit and, and we'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, see what happens. <laughs> um, but come in, you know, come in prepared first. And she absolutely was. And, um, yeah, I, I don't remember, you know, our, you know, the first training or anything like that, but, um, yeah, for, I think for freshmen, you have to kind of wait and see what they really show up and how they respond to the environment. But, you know, you can put Kat in any environment and she's mm. going to absolutely crush it. She is so good, so technical, crafty, but also s smart and simple, like just can do it all. So I, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for her and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm very proud of her and, mm. Um, she's a great person and is is going to absolutely, yeah, dominate at whatever level she's at. Um, we'll we'll finish up with with this, and this is um, I I, I kind of forgot to ask uh, Dorian Bailey this in the last episode, um, but I do kind of want to make it a show tradition, um, if if my brain works and I can remember to ask it every time. <laughs> um, this this podcast being called uh, Plex Weather, um. I think anyone that spent any time following the team is kind of familiar with the bizarre weather that seems to afflict the, the Maryland soccer plex more than, more than is reasonable, I think. Um, and you, since you're, since you're local, um, I, I, I feel like um, at some point either I heard, or you mentioned that you'd, you'd been playing there before joining the spirit. Um, and even maybe before playing for the spirit reserves is that, mm -hmm. So, so you've got a long uh, history at this this venue that is uh, somehow via some sort of curse, uh, just afflicted <laughs> with terrible weather all the time. Um, do you have any plex weather stories that that uh, are noteworthy? Uh, they could oh my be, gosh! You know, I, I know I've been there for games that got delayed. Yeah, I was going to say a thousand. And, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I always joke about this with like the team because you know even now i just say it's like its own vortex you know mm -hmm. like you'll show up to practice and it will be cloudy and rainy but as soon as you you know drive out of the plex it's sunny and 75 you know mm -hmm. so um i so I, I grew up in the area i played for um bethesda when i was probably about 13 and that was before they had built you know, a lot of the high schools in the area had built nice turf fields. It was like before WJ was built. And that was like my home practice field um, for, you know, the first year or two that I was on Bethesda. And it was, um, I like, I can't, I, I remember there was one, I don't remember if it was a club game or a turn, or I don't remember what club game it was or a tournament or something, but it was so cold. And so we were on the turf fields, so cold, so windy. We had snow was shoveled up onto the sides of the turf. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it was a first year with um, our coach, even like the first couple months with our coach, um, John Morgan at the time, who um, is now at the University of Tennessee. And, you know, he was involved in the college game and we're, you know, young high school aspiring college players. And he really wanted to like make us tough. And it mm-hmm. was definitely, again, like very snowy, very cold and very windy, which I think wind is definitely like the worst element with mm. playing because like rain you can deal with cold you can deal with but wind there's nothing you can do to combat the wind and i just remember like we weren't allowed to like wear like any sort of like layers for mm. the cold and it was just absolutely miserable i don't think i've ever been so colder in my life sorry that's kind of an anticlimactic story but no i mean it's just it it was a really deep-seated memory that you just brought out of my it's a different it's a different angle because normally the normally the plex weather stories are like yeah there was you know an unexpected tornado warning and all of a sudden we couldn't play that day (laughs) we had to play the next day in the morning Mm -hmm. um Uh. but uh you know, th- there isn't too much of the season that takes place where it's cold enough that that can be part of the issue. But um, obviously, the it's ple- so ple- much winder- windier there than other yeah. places. So much I, windier. I I distinctly remember going to a game. I want to say in 2015, and I made the mistake. I was like, I'll I'll go stand on um, the 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 far side away from the um, discovery center. And mm-hmm. it was a really sunny day. And when I got there, I was like, Oh, it's nice out. I had a, like a thin hoodie, um, but, but it was like, it was late April. It, it's normally, you know, I carried it with me, but I didn't expect to need it. And as I was getting into the, the venue, it started, the wind started kicking up and I was like, Oh, that's not, it, it's probably just going to be a, a little breezy and that's it. <laughs> and I just spent the entire first half just the wind blowing directly across the field and into anyone that was on that side of the field just getting wind straight into their face. Yeah. And and so I had like the my eyes were tearing up and I just had like <laughs> to constantly wipe my eyes because my eyes were being dried out by this constant uh never never ending windstorm uh mm-hmm. and you know the sun was glaring as well and then at halftime I was like I guess I should switch sides but I you know I was just standing up on the far side, so I can't go grab a seat because the other side is, um, you know, ticketed. It's not general admission. You have to actually have an assigned seat. Um, so I couldn't really figure out where to physically be anymore. Um, but I was like, I can't stand in the wind. Uh, yeah. I can't do this. And th- and this was a day that looked like a beautiful day to be at the stadium. Yep. And it was still um, the, the Plex weather. I, I don't know. I guess when you we should you get make- someone to study that place. Yeah, um, just just a, a meteorologist that sets up a shop, yeah, yeah, off to one side and tries to figure it out. Um, because yeah, it, there's something something bizarre happens there. I don't, I don't I love it though. It. it adds some magic, adds some excitement. Some yeah, intrigue. exactly. Um, God, I'm remembering now. Um, DC United played one regular season game there. Um, the same day, I actually did a double dip. Um, and I went to the DC game and then drove straight down to Richmond for the spirits, uh, preseason game against, uh, mm-hmm. the courage. And was this 2018? Yeah, this was 2018 and okay. it was very cold, uh, but, but, you know, it was March. Everyone knew it was gonna be cold. And then in the middle of the game out of the blue, it, it began snowing hard. <laughs> um, and it wasn't like you saw a couple flakes and we're like, Oh, it's starting to snow. It was just, it wasn't snowing. And then it was snowing. And I, I don't think I've ever seen a snowstorm like that. Um, and I was just like, this is, this is unreal. Like it wasn't supposed to snow at all. And it's not just a little bit. It's, it's straight up a winter snowstorm is happening on top of everything else that's going on. That's bizarre. Um, yeah. Fortunately, fortunately in Richmond, it was just cold. Yeah. The rest of it I was remember uh, that. Um, not, it wasn't nearly as bad. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a perfect encapsulation. It probably didn't snow anywhere else either. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that wraps it up. Um, Andy, thank you so much for, uh, three different, uh, <laughs> three different interviews. Um, we've, I feel like we've been through a lot to get, yeah, get this show thank, done. Thanks for your, uh, your patience with my difficulty. 
but like you said, you know, the the plex uncertainty has you prepared for anything. So and that's the show. Uh thanking Andy one more time. Uh this is actually the fourth audio file for this one because I I do these outros and they're always stumbling and confused. So I felt like it would be best for me to do that on my own. If you want to listen to the show, you've found it already if you're hearing me. So obviously you've figured it out. But uh, if you want to know where you can find it, maybe to know where the best place to find it for you is going to be. The show is on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, You can listen to it on the show's website, which is plexweather.pinecast.co. Um, you can listen to it on Twitter. If you look at the tweet that this this podcast was announced with, there's going to be a thing that you can click on and play it right from there. If you'd like to support the show, uh, there is a tip jar. There's a link to it on the site. There's also a link to it in the um, the Plexweather Twitter account bio. The tw- Twitter account's at Plexweather. I've gotten some, some tips uh, lately. Uh, shout out to uh, John and Chris and C. Uh, I don't know everyone's names. Um, I also don't know if you want your full name mentioned on the podcast, so I'm not going to say them at this point because I don't, I don't know if you want them or not. So I'm not going to step over that boundary. But the the folks that have left some tips recently, it means the world to me. Uh, keeps it definitely makes it easier to keep doing the show. Um, it covers uh, my costs uh, for Pinecast. It covers gas getting to the various venues, um, which is not insignificant because I don't live near any of the stadiums that the Spirit play in or will play in in the future. Um, at least for the time being, I don't live near any of them. So it does help quite a bit. If you have a suggestion for the show, if you have something you want me to be doing with the show, send me a tweet, uh, send me a DM on there. I don't, I I probably should open the DMS on there. If you don't want everyone to see it, you can send me a DM. I'll open the DMS after I finish doing this right now, but that's it. I really appreciate everyone listening and, uh, I'll have something for you soon. I don't know. I don't know what the next episode's going to be because there's no more games for me to see, but um, I'll figure that out in the days to come. Uh, and until then, thanks for listening.